Well, a lot of interesting things going on as we head into the three-day weekend. And with the weather forecast, it's really been one of the most important things that the market's been reacting to as they begin to square up positions going into the weekend. We'll talk about all of it coming up next. Coley and Kavanaugh brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And the Farm Bureau led the fight against Biden's new WOTUS rule and won. That was one of the biggest news stories this week. So those kind of wins for farm families don't happen without your support. And it only happens with your membership. So go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Got a lot to talk about today, but one of the best things going on today is the return of our buddy David Coley with his uh, rehab. And as it winds down, David, welcome back. John and I soldiered on without you, but it just wasn't the same, you know, so it's good to get you eased back into the show. Yeah, it really is good, especially when you have a traumatic brain injury and a skull fracture because it fell in your driveway up to ice <laughs> in January. My goodness. <laughs> well, I tell you, we have missed your perspective on the weather, El Nino, the polar vortex, and all the rest of it. And now we find ourselves at a point that we want to get your perspective on the dynamic that is developing right now across the grain belt with recently planted crops. Now an extended dry spell in a way, six to 10 day yeah. forecast is dry and freshly planted yeah. corn and soybean crops. Boy, they need that moisture to help the emergence process. So put it all in the kind of the blender there and mix it all up. You got optimism about early planting, but David potentially flipping to a weather market. Yeah. Now, short term, like Rob's been saying, is that we are looking for a drier forecast, and that's the omega blocking pattern, which, you know, it looks like an upside down omega at this point, but it's pushing all of the moisture that's coming over the west coast down south of us because if you look at the weather maps lately every rain that's been going south of us and missing us completely or just getting a shower or a light shower and i think that's one of the most disappointing factors here with the omega block that's come up but Mm -hmm. then the rest of the summer we're going to be getting into another weather phenomenon that's right off the coast of south america yeah, you know, we've been talking about the growing potential for El Nino. You look at it, it, you know, when you extend out, as you had mentioned at the farm show, actually talking about this, you know, we had gone back and forth between neutral with La Nina, El Nino, and then it started to move toward El Nino, and then it started to pick up steam. And I saw recently where by, I think, September or so that the that El Nino would be at a 90% chance of being fully engrossed at that point. So, boy, if prices trend higher because of this dry spell that we're looking at and basis stays strong, this could be one of those maybe perfect opportunities to clear out the bins at a really, really good price. Yeah, when you look at the supply and demand numbers and you see how tight our crop is going to be basis, uh, the regular supply, especially the way the beans have been acting in the last week, I think it does bode well to look for El Nino and its conditions. The omega block should be gone by Mm. by the middle of June, and then we'll start looking for El Nino to happen. If it does happen, like they're saying that it might, I would be concerned about that because it will dry us out. Now, that's the central and the eastern corn belt. The western corn belt looks to be dry as an omega blocking pattern is over there, and that's going to push the rain over to there from the west coast and then down over the south of the U.S. and not hitting us again. 
David, so good to have you back, and we look forward to getting more of you in the weeks to come. But, uh, boy, just keep on hanging in there with that rehab, buddy, because I know that is exhausting, but <laughs> you got to do it to get back. Yeah. I know. Those therapists at Parkview Randalia just push you every way they can and push every button they can. And I'll tell you what, when you're done, you wonder what hits you. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it great to have David back on the program? Yeah, it is. Actually, I've missed him. I need somebody to kick around to get yeah. in here. So. <laughs> Oh, seriously, though, that uh, he's gone through a very difficult uh, time, and it's great to have him back. Yeah, and as he points out, you know, there is a good chance that we could see that shift to El Nino this year, which could favor production in the United States. And, you know, it it tends to reduce the risk of droughts during June and July. And you've talked about how important that time of the year is for particularly corn with enough rain for good crop development. So we talk about the potential for El Nino and the good growing weather later in the season. Then we get something like this, a headline that came out that I caught said a rainless forecast causes concerns for potential flash drought in Illinois. (laughs) Here we go. Chicken little running around the little red barn yelling about drought. But you know, if prices trend (laughs) higher because of this dry spell that we're anticipating over the next couple of weeks and bases stays strong, could this be one of those maybe perfect times to clear out the bins at really a great price. Yeah, I think so. I think this is almost a lucky break. Now, granted, the weather is crucial, and our overall supplies at the moment uh, for old crop are still fairly tight, and we have no room for air. And we're beginning to sense maybe a little bit of air because of the forecast, and that's got the market very nervous. We've had a huge sell-off, so bam, we have sparked a rally, which is now carried to uh, about a 50% retracement, or very close to that. Yeah. Now, the question is, where do we go from here? Well, we're going to, we got a three day weekend, and the market's nervous, of course, on three day weekends. It's going to focus on the weather. You know, the crop is essentially planted. You saw the planting progress. Corn a week ago was 81% planted, being 66%. So there's no concern, with, especially with this dry weather coming, that we're going to get our crop in the ground. But now we got to grow it. And it's a weather market. We all know how weather markets are, don't we, Rob? They're they're volatile and and they change. And you you, you go out one day and it's going to be hot and dry the next day. Oh, we got rainy weather coming in. So it's going to drive us crazy. Yes, this rally, I heard David, I heard us talk about El Nino. We all know that El Nino, it does correlate with a good Midwestern growing season. And the odds of El Nino are very high. So, yeah, get some stuff sold here. Yeah. One of the things I wanted you to react to uh, came from StoneX just yesterday on Friday, quote, working on our fifth consecutive session firmer, getting close to trading at the 50% retracement that you just pointed out. Today is a rather important day. That was yesterday. When it comes to this chart, a 50% retrace is typical for a dead cat bounce and closing above that level could be a bullish indicator. Explain that to us. What they're referring to by dead cap bounce is very simply they're drawing the conclusion that the market is in a major sell-off. And the rally we've seen, this 50% retracement, they're very nice rallies, stimulated by the course of the weather forecast. What they're saying is, is that's a, a kind of a false move. That's just a corrective rally of an oversold market. It's coming back after a sharp sell-off. Not a change in the pattern, though. It does, they're saying it's not going to go higher. We're going to go up and we're going to hit this 50% retracement. And then we're going to sell off again. And the market's going to go down and go even lower. That's what they're suggesting. They're not saying it's going to happen. They're just suggesting that. Frankly, it's up to the weather. If it stays hot and dry, no, we're going to go much higher. But frankly, I think what they're saying makes sense. 
get the weather forecast that we get into later in June and we start to see rains coming through, this crop is going to be off to a pretty good start. Yeah, yeah. And when they turn around and sell off again, I saw another technical study. This is all technical, but if the rains do materialize and we end up with a trend or better yield, they're saying that the three count, that's another technical term, suggests that corn will eventually hit 475 and soybeans 1150. So take mm. that for what it's worth, people, but that's what the technicians are saying. Well, indicative of the fact that we just don't know at this point, and it really is to a point that you've made over the last three weeks, has everything to do with weather. Export sales this past week, wow, uh, another stinker, right? Other than the U.S.-China trade war back in, what, 2018 or whatever it was, the current bean sales pace is the slowest since 2008, is uh, what I saw uh, one analyst say this uh, this past week. Wow. We need to sell over 500,000 tons of corn a week to meet USDA projections. Mexico bought enough this past week just to make up for some of China's cancellations. And that is something you and I have been talking about and watching carefully because about 9 million tons of uh, corn are sold at this point, but, but they haven't been shipped. So there's a potential there that they could get canceled. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the weather at the moment is bullish because of the concern over the over the hot, dry weather that, that's coming for a while. Everything else is bearish. You just pointed out the export sales weak again. Both corn and soybeans now are not being sold at the pace necessary to hit the USDA projection. You know, it's just not there. And part of that's because of South America, especially with soybeans. Yeah. Everything in South America, frankly, is cheaper than coming out of the U.S. at the moment. So the demand is not here. It's down there. And I also uh, just saw a report that the Agro Consult, which is a private firm in Brazil, raised us the Freena crop by five million. It's getting bigger by the day. Big, yeah, we know they got a good bean crop coming on. So when you get away from the weather, everything else, frankly, is kind of bears. And I'd like to point out that on that break that we had, now we're seeing a good recovery. But you know the July wheat went below $6 for the first time in three years? Whoa. Oh, December corn had a five for a first digit for the first time in two years. And the funds got net short soybeans for the first time in three years. Wow. That's yeah. all I can say is, yeah. wow. <laughs> well, on that note, let's get your final word for the day, because even looking around to try and find something that was not directly related to weather planting and so forth, I didn't see much else going on. Do you have a final word today? Yeah, I do. And uh, I agree with you, too. There hasn't been all that much out there once you could pass the weather. And I've got two comments to make about wheat. First of all, the U.S. has already imported three vessels of wheat out of Europe into the U.S. And the U.S. has made purchases recently for future shipment of over 210,000 tons of wheat coming out of Germany and Poland. So we're importing wow. wheat, people. And as a result of that, not entirely, but in the sell-off that's occurred, you know, wheat has been at a huge premium to corn for most of the year. However, in the sell-off, that premium has really narrowed sharply. If we go back to last late November, wheat was 140% premium to corn. It's narrowed its way all the way down into a 20% premium to corn. And frankly, that's a level. When you have wheat at a 20% premium to corn or less, wheat works into feed rations to replace corn. It, it can replace corn. And so, therefore, that's another bearish element for corn. Now, I don't know if this uh, ratio is going to stay where it is, but at this kind of a premium or less, corn will also be getting some competition for feeding coming from wheat. 
Thank you, John Cavanaugh, and a big thanks to David Coley. We are so grateful to have him back with us again, even though it's in small pieces, but uh, still wonderful to have David back on the team. Coley and Cavanaugh brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau. Like I said earlier, the Farm Bureau led the fight against Biden's new WOTUS rule, and we got a big win this week. More on that coming up in the news. But, you know, the Farm Bill can't do these kinds of things without your support. So the Farm Bureau's efforts to support farming on the state and the national level as well, they are only possible with your Farm Bureau membership. Support your local Farm Bureau with a membership. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.